some people are born to greatness. They are born to great names, courage, bravery, and just the recipe of what would make a hero. Some people have greatness thrust upon them as they try to save lives, to be altruistic, to always try to put their best foot forward. We see three such people here today going into the city of Mezzamola, this metropolis of intrigue and politics. As these people meet for the first time, we wonder, are they going to accept the greatness? Are they going to choose to be brave? Or are they going to succumb to the world around them? My name is Christopher Ando, and welcome to Wyvern's Aria. My name is Alex Bissonette, and I am playing Arnar Jerry Nomanis, a level 2 Dragonborn fighter. Hello, my name is Tyler, and I play Casey Stone, the level 2 fighter. Hello, my name is Sean Lass, and I play the character Rythan Dusk, who is a level 2 wizard. Nights we see the moon shine over this metropolis, the moonlight going down and basking its glory over the high skyscrapers of the city of Mezzamola, the city built on two layers, the top layer and the bottom layer, as this man enters in for the first time to a city that is beyond his own expectations. This boat begins to lay into an abandoned port as we see this bronze dragonborn step onto the deck. Arnar, will you describe your character? Alright. At six foot eight and three hundred twenty-five pounds, Arnar is slightly taller than average than the average dragonborn, with a larger upper body and shoulders built from years working on ships and martial training. Uh, his scales are a burnished bronze, and he has silver eyes. His scales have various small nicks and scratches, mainly along his forearms and torso from various conflicts, but his most distinctive feature with the scales is a set of three scars running from the underside of his chin, continuing all the way down to his collarbones, clearly there, left there from another dragonborn. Uh, his clothes are relatively plain, his pants are just simple, simple worn leather, and he wears a plain gray tunic that is open wide at the chest. And he, on the uh, chest of it has a, a symbol of his occupation, a red sword and anchor crossed. 
His only concessions to fashion are two pieces of flowing blue and silver fabric draped around his shoulders to help ward off the sun, and a wide armband around his left arm in the color of patinaed copper. And when he's armed, he carries a great sword and a sheath slung over his right shoulder, and on his left hip is a weighted net. Standing next to you, Arnar, is the person who you were paid to take to this new land and protect her. You stand around with your crew of Goliath and Dragonborn, but you are struck by how unusual this companion is. She is currently wearing the fashion of Mezzamola. She seems to be donning a gray hoodie sweatshirt of some sort, some basic denim sort of pants, but you know that underneath she is wearing bits and pieces of some sort of metal vest as protection. As she takes down her hoodie, the first thing that strikes you are her scales. Her scales are not one of a normal dragonborn. They aren't colored or they're not metallic. They seem to be made out of a sapphire. And as you look at her, she seems more lithe than than athletic, unlike most of the other dragonborns that you have encountered. Adorned at her side does appear to be two scimitars, and as you have seen her walk around your ship, she does take a relatively tall and commanding posture and presence. She turns to you at this point. I brought some additional clothes that supposedly fit the style, but I want you to follow me on board. We're going to head to meet some people. Yes, ma'am. She leads you into where she is staying. Probably has her own room. Enough accommodations are spared on this sloop to allow her to have your room as well as yourself and the crew is in bunks somewhere. Goes into her chest and she pulls out a vast array of different types of clothing. Anything that draws to your character? Hmm. So, it is mod modern, real-world style clothing? I guess he would probably fancy a, like a thick jacket, like a Carhartt, you know, style jacket, and the thickest, probably some thick canvas pants. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not that strange, but uh, it's definitely different. You think the scarf is this... Would this work as well? Is this Would this be standing out or am I... Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. She goes into her her chest and grabs you a beanie. You should put this on. <sighs> Dragonborn. Beanie on top of his head. Do they have Dragonborn over here in this new world? I have never seen anything other than humans so far. Hmm. I don't think the beanie or the hood are really gonna... You know... I'm sorry, ma'am. I defer to you, but uh, I'll give it a shot. We just need enough to be able to pass by unnoticed at a distance. Will do. She looks at you, gives you a nod. Will your crew be able to take care of themselves? No, they're all handpicked. They know what they're doing. She nods. All right. Upon leaving your ship, you enter these docks and you have docked your ship next to a pier that seems to be rather abandoned. There's nothing around you. You can surmise that Lydia sent you here because it is abandoned and you will be able to 
get on the side of the dock unnoticed but if you can see out um perhaps a couple of miles in the distance just on the pier that there is some movement some activity going on that direction probably other sort of dock hands and harbor masters she steps out being on solid ground after this month and a half sailing trip that you have taken to go from the Blackwater Mansion to Mezzamola. She gives a quick prayer to Raksha and begins to move forward, doing her best to stay away from any sort of onlookers. Would and Sail's ship be uh, sticking out in this harbor of a cyberpunk society? Is that a question towards me or to Lydia? You, I guess, yeah. As like, do I notice that? As you leave the deck, you're actually seeing a lot of destruction around here. There are a lot of buildings that seem to have fallen over. Uh, we get the sense of mildew and mold in the air invading your senses. You're not hearing much of any sounds at all. You will hear the sounds of rats scurrying around, birds in the air, those sort of things. But you're not hearing any people immediately. That part makes you ill at ease. Alright. And Lydia will silently begin to take you through the wreckage. What happened here, ma'am? Remember the day of the cataclysm? Where were you? Were you on your boat? Ship, ma'am. But yes, yes I was. Ship, my apologies. No worries. When we were pulled through that portal by Raksha, when we landed in the new world, we brought this destruction with us. Having our land drop created a displacement of water. If there are any other continents here in this world, they probably suffered much the same. Much like our tundras are beginning to melt, our forests are beginning to die, magic seems to be disappearing. This is the destruction that we have brought that we must try to remedy. I remember all too well. The seas were... I don't even know how to explain it. It was something out of a nightmare. So this whole continent is destroyed or merely just the coast? I do not know the extent of the destruction, but it seems like it was just the east side of the continent. Do these people even speak common if we run into them? They seem to somehow speak the same language as us. I, the people I have communicated with have either picked up the language really quickly, or they are... Or Raksha has changed something through his presence here, where we are able to understand. Alright, we'd make a diplomatic mission a little difficult if you Never mind. Lead the way, ma'am. She takes you through the wreckage, and you travel a good hour, perhaps uh, going about four miles, and you just see destruction. You see houses falling over, we'll see bits and pieces of different pieces of clothing or linen of some sort, different pieces of metal, some wood that's rotting very quickly. And then you lose track of the moon pretty suddenly as you're traveling. You look up and all you see for light sources are these lamps that seem to flicker 
with some sort of energy source to give you light. But as you look up, you can actually see the top of what you're looking at. It appears to be some sort of metal cave of some sort. Metal cave? As you look around, these buildings are in better shape. They seem to... These buildings appear to be in metal shape. The sides of the building that is facing the coast seem to be in pretty bad disarray. But everything else seems to be still standing. There aren't any buildings falling over. And we begin to see our first couple of people. Ma'am, should we perhaps try to make our way around them? Are we are we going to be received well if they see us here? You look at one of the people who are sitting close by. And they kind of look towards your general direction. They kind of squint a little bit. And they shake their head very quickly. And then this person seems to pull out a box of some sort. Pull this small cylindrical object out maybe three inches in length. Pulls out another metal box that seems to create fire. Put this cylindrical thing to his mouth. And begin to light it as this smell of tobacco comes into the air. I don't know what you're getting at. <laughs> I don't know if they care. Well, that's fortunate, if strange. I guess let's continue. As you're traveling, we begin to meet more and more people. Lydia seems to be looking up towards street corners, looking at street names, trying to find a specific one. But go ahead and give me a perception check, please. 13 to 15. Alright, you see a person begin to walk towards you and kind of nudges into you slightly. But you can feel the tug at your coin purse on your side. Uh, I grab him by the collar as he's walking by. Ah! Excuse me. This kid looks at you maybe about 14 years of age. Uh, very, very short. You probably tower over him. Looks at you with fear in his eyes as he realizes what exactly you are. We are in low light settings. These are humans, so they don't have a very good picture of you. But as you stare at him face to face, he begins to try to escape your grasp. Uh, I want to just look at and touch my coin purse to make sure it's still there. It is. It is? <laughs> Just look at him. You should look where you're going. Someone might think you're a pickpocket or something. Is going to try to escape a grapple. I mean, if I still got my coin purse and everything, uh, just let him go. Tries to regain his composure like a cocky teenager and goes, I'm sorry to disturb you. And then, like, runs. <laughs> well, ma'am, they seem to be, cities seem to be the same. It is unfortunate that any city has places like these, and she begins to look up towards the, the the metal roof. And they built cities on top of cities where they can't even see the sunlight. Can you imagine? Oh, okay. I see what you're explaining now. Yeah, it's... I've heard of the uh, societies living underground, but to just build... I just... It just baffles me. I'm sure there's a reason why, but... Shall we continue? So she will lead you a little further on 
traveling for another hour or so and you reach this building and I think what surprises you first is kind of the height of it. Many people in the fantasy world won't build a beyond a couple of stories. Um, at most a castle will probably go about 30-40 feet into the, the air. This building and most of these buildings around it seem to be about 10 stories. And you go into this very square but very tall building. Seems like these people on this new continent like to build up rather than out. You arrive at a place called Pepperdine Apartments. Hmm. Looks like it'd be nauseating up there. Well, prepare to climb and be on the lookouts. Always. You climb three stories up. We're seeing very traditional kind of apartment complexes. Each floor seems to have four apartments, and at the end of the the hall appears to be a staircase. She walks down the hall, climbs up the staircase, goes up to the third floor, and knocks on apartment 3C. Opening the door appears to be a human man. He quickly lets you in. This human man appears to be in his early 40s, Seems to have black hair, slightly graying up top, clean shaven. Stands about a five foot eight or so. Seems to be about 120 pounds. He does seem to be wearing a business suit of some sort. Black with a tie that you can tell that there is something else underneath his suit. Like Lydia is wearing metal armor underneath her sweatshirt. He is probably wearing his own version of armor. Also in this room, probably the most surprising to Arnar, is a creature that looks like a lizard. He is much more, he's much skinnier than either Lydia or Arnar. Seems to actually have a tail, but has the facial features of a dark brown lizard. He looks at you, kinda cocks his head to the right, seems to be in this sleeveless denim jacket and some jeans as well not wearing any shoes on his side he does seem to have a pistol and some sort of police baton for lack of a better way to explain it and the third person in this room well casey why don't you describe the character casey's just over six foot medium if ish build he wears a large brown leather coat over what looks like leather armor with some uh, form of bandolier underneath at his hip you see a small handgun and a rapier. He's got blonde hair, a slightly scruffy, messy face, and what you notice about him is his eyes are two different colors. One is blue and one is green. The man at the door will extend his hand to Lydia first. Like, my my name is Damien. Then seeing Lydia's face, like, ah, oh, you are the one called Scales. Come on in, we're waiting on two more. And he opens the door. You walk into this apartment. You seem to be in the living room area, or you entered into the living room area. To the right, you see a kitchen, uh, a stove, an oven, a refrigerator. Towards the back, you seems to go further down a hallway that 
seems to lead to other rooms, so all the doors are currently closed. And this living room itself appears to be a simple table and very little other types of furniture. It's just a couple of chairs, perhaps a couch of some sort. Casey, what kind of um, posture are you taking currently? I'm just leaning with my back against the wall, arms crossed. Slightly not staring, but eyeing the large lizard man that has walked in. So, staying behind Lydia with my hand holding onto the strap of my sheath, just ready to take it off my shoulder at any moment, and just looking around at everyone in these weird clothes with these weird items strapped to them, and at the same time, probably looking at the room and, like, the different parts of the apartment, how there's some familiar things, like, I guess an oven wouldn't be absurd for him to know, but, like, what's this large metal chest next to the oven? What's this weird, thin, windowless like, black window on the wall, and just looking at things that, modern things that are out of place in his mind. Yeah, there's probably, like, an AC unit in here that's blowing, blowing, like, cold air at you or something, that, stuff like that, that probably doesn't quite make sense. (laughs) A thermostat on the wall. What is this? What are these numbers? Is this a time? telling device Damien will walk up towards Arnar looks towards you it's like I was expecting scales but who are you my name's Arnar I'm her escort temporarily interesting I'm glad she brought someone to protect her these lands can be cruel to outsiders hmm isn't everywhere and as this awkward silence continues on for a couple more minutes, there's another knock at the door. Damien walks up to open it. You can tell that the lizard folk is eyeing everyone very suspiciously. But the door opens and we see two figures come in. A dwarf, he's actually very blatantly wearing kind of this fantasy sort of uniform. He seems to be wearing the sleeveless robe that goes down and some like trousers of some sort, clearly of sturdier make from the fantasy land, not cloth or polyester that many of the cyberpunk people seem to wear. Kind of stands there, looks towards Casey, kind of gives him a wink, and then walks in. He is a dwarf standing about four foot two. He is completely bald, but he does have a beard going down to his chest braided in various places. He has three earrings on his left ear, two on his right. He holds himself with a little too casually for the tenseness of the situation. Followed behind him is an even shorter person, a creature standing at three foot two, almost looks like a boy, but holds himself with the composure of a man. Arnar would recognize this as a halfling. He seems to be attempting to blend in a little more. He is wearing a leather jacket of some sort. He has the hood up with a leather jacket over his hair. But as he pulls it down, he does seem to have hair that is wrapped into a ponytail that you can see coming out of his front. He does seem to also be wearing some sort of armor underneath this jacket, which is currently zipped up and has a scimitar to his side. 
around his neck also appears to be some sort of necklace made of bone. Turns turns to them. Damon goes, Ah, oh, Asvind, you've arrived. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, hey, Casey, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. How are you? Still want to learn magic? <laughs> Snaps his fingers as a bit of sparks come out. I look slightly <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> Just gotta... Can you snap your fingers? I begin doing the same thing he's doing. Do, do You're sparks? halfway there. No. <laughs> There's no sparks? No sparks. Oh. Man, these people get stranger and stranger as we go. Actually, these ones make sense to me. Alright, seems like we are all here. Damien goes to a back room. Uh, comes out with a bag of some sorts and throws a throws the backpack on the table and begins to unload different pieces of paper and whatnot. And he talks a lot with Asmund, Scales, and Damien, just kind of going into a lot of things about the state of each of the country. Uh, he talks a lot about how the government doesn't seem to want to repair any of the damage done from the the tsunami that came from the cataclysm. Lydia says that they can probably send people over engineers to help rebuild things, but it's probably not going to be in the style or design of the rest of the city. And then, you know, they're talking a lot of legal needs about that. Asman seems to be contributing with a quip or two, but largely talks about how the logistics of how will this act actually bring peace but everyone else seems to be just kind of watching with eyebrows raised not quite understanding what is going on Wyvern's Aria is an affiliate with BattleBards.com. To get tracks like these, and this, go to BattleBards.com and you can use coupon code Wyvern's Aria to get a discount on your purchase. Wyvern's Aria also costs a lot of money to produce. You can come support the project at patreon.com slash rondocreator or ko-fi.com slash rondocreator to give a couple bucks if you think it's worth it. Thank you. Frythen, you are currently in the the consonants of Mizomola. You have trust on Oswald's resources and was able to be smuggled across the area. And you are looking for this place you had a vision of not more than two months ago. Why don't you describe your character for me, though? Rythan stands at six foot tall. He is a tiefling that sports a cowboy hat and a duster that blends into his light pascal skin. There is a whip attached to his left hip. And floating around him is a hellish green imp head, but his most distinguishing features are a pattern of tattered demonic wings that unfold into an eight-foot wingspan. 
Is the uh, imp head out right now? The imp is uh, no, it's not out yet. That would have been nerve wracking. All right. Um, next to you is a a dwarf. Uh, he appears to be about four foot six, a little tall for the average dwarf. Seems to still be wearing his normal armored outfit, wearing a form of scale mail. Has a large back with the various amounts of different sort of trinkets nothing practical he didn't pack his own bedroll he kind of expected you to pack that for him as per the normal relationship you two have sits there has black hair um seems to be kept short his beard is also kept short and pretty well trimmed so it doesn't get in his way has these large green goggles that he places over his face on his side is appears to be some sort of hand axe and as well as some sort of shield that is placed onto a bracer itself that is kind of slung at his side you guys normally get a lot of looks from wherever you go you are an odd duo and it's much the same here you're also getting a lot of looks but none of these people seem to bother you at the moment you also seem to arise at this building and you actually see the fire escape that you climbed in your vision to get to that third floor apartment in a language that's more primal i'm going to tell tricks to go up to that window Trix goes up to the window, flies up, looks in, comes back, and in a primal language, don't see anyone. What do you think, Oswald? This looks like the place. Alright. Well, let's get climbing. Lift me up. Alright. I will attempt to help lift this dwarf up. (laughs) (laughs) So, we get this funny picture of this older, uh, older dwarf getting picked up and climbing the ladder uh yeah you guys go a few floors and the metal is very obvious as you step you guys aren't light people and um, especially oswald and i imagine those wings add a couple pounds to rythen as well yeah. casey and arnar go ahead and give me a perception check please oh goody topus uh, i got 14 eight are you uh, hear metal coming from one of the rooms in the hallway? Just this kind of kind of evenly spaced step. I'm gonna go up to the door. Uh, I'm gonna sling my sword off my shoulder, still in the sheath though, just holding it by the sheath and just standing in the door with my ear to the door. Because even if there is a key, uh, a peephole, I doubt he would understand what that is. Cool. This is a this is a door that leads to a bedroom. To a bedroom? Mm-hmm. This is a meta perspective here, an apartment that leads to the bedroom. I mean, well, it's just not the hallway. Because right, right. I would know where the hall is. So Correct. I would know it's more of the apartment. Right. Okay. So I turn to the guy who answered the door and go, is there, so- is there someone else here? He shakes his head no. Oswald's gonna go to this window and begin to try to pick the lock. And as he's trying to pick the lock, he kind of is unable to, gives up, and breaks the glass. 
All right. I was gonna, I was gonna say after he failed, I was gonna try it. Show him what I can do. Oswald enters into this bedroom. Arnar can hear the glass. Well, everyone can probably hear the glass break. I draw my sword and open the door. Arnar can hear the glass break. Everyone can hear the glass break. You draw your sword, enter the door, and you see this dwarf and Arnar is familiar with what a tiefling is. So Arnar is going to enter Arnar is going to enter the room, sword out, and see this tiefling and dwarf standing there. Dwarf has like the hilt of his hatchet like still out as he used it to the butt of it to break open the window. Drop the weapon. And uh, Oswald looks towards Rythen, looks towards Arnar, looks towards Rythen. What? You said he had a hatch in his hand, right? Yes, he does. Okay. <laughs> Stand down now. You want me to sit? He sits. <laughs> what are you doing here? I need uh, Casey to give me a perception check. Oh boy. Okay, you better. That's better. Uh, 17. Casey, you look at the ground and you see movement coming behind the couch. It's just this small, small, tiny-ish figure and it's there skittering across. Like a small, like, creature or a small person? Creature, probably. Uh... You see one and then you see two and then you see three or four. Uh, I put my hand on my gun and I announce to the room, uh, there's something in here with us. Oswald turns to, to Rythen. You said there was an explosion? Yeah, right when my vision ended, there was an explosion. What? Uh, I turn around and I look at Lydia. Man, we have to go now. Oswald moves past Arnar in a blinding quick motion for a dwarf. Pulls out a instrument from his backpack, dropping the hatchet on the floor. And this instrument seems to be square, but at the top appears to be some sort of antenna, for lack of a better way to describe it. It begins to swirl and hum and buzz, makes noises as he begins to search around the room. Okay, so I heard someone said, there's going to be an explosion, and then he took out a strange... <laughs> A strange object that makes a bunch of weird noises. I'm definitely gonna stop him from continuing into the room and try to push him back out where he came, I guess. Uh, do I recognize this object? Casey is more likely to recognize something like this more so than Arnar. Uh, Rythen will know that this is basically an instrument to pick up ambience, magical energies, for lack of a better way to put it. Uh, it's like his version of detect magic. Casey, I mean, I'm sure you've seen devices that have antennas connected to it as a way to, you know, look for things. So it, it doesn't appear to have any buttons. It just has a screen. Okay. So he would probably see it and think Geiger counter, something of that nature, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like a magical Geiger counter. Right. But uh, Arn, are you going to try to like push him back? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Go ahead and give me uh, a grapple check. Just, or a shove attack or something like that. Go give me an athletic check. Athletics? Okay. Decent. Oh, man. Eight plus five. Uh, math. Uh, 13. 
Okay, he rolled a 13 plus 7. So he goes God, right under you through this building. Uh, he is very squat and very nimble. Um, right then, uh, what would you like to do? So at this point, Oswald has already gotten past RR. Correct. I'm just going to follow Oswald. I'm just going to ignore RR. <laughs> okay, I'm stopping him. <laughs> He's full sized. <laughs> I can do that. I swear. Roll I it. One job here. <laughs> I'm more interested in the explosion rather than what's going on, so I'm just gonna follow Oswald. Casey, you see a real quick. Casey, you see a dwarf enter the room with this weird device, seemingly like looking, uh, looking like through things, like on the ground. He gets on his knees at one point in time, is just searching. I point him in the direction of the couch where I saw the creatures. Okay, he like jogs over and. Uh, and, and looks it's like, I think, I think, getting a bigger picture here, there's some sort of arcane magic here. Uh, as this is happening, Arnar, are you going to stop Rythen? I got one job. Protect people. I'm not really doing well. Here we go. Go ahead and roll that grapple check. That's a 20. Is it a nat 20? Oh, yeah. 25. And Rythen, go ahead and roll, roll acrobatics or athletics. <laughs> Nat twenty, <laughs> but I still lowered. The I've chances. got uh, twenty-two. So uh, you are able to push push Rythen back into the room, or grapple him if you would like to do that. Probably because I probably want to look at what the hell the dwarf's doing. So I would be like barring the blocking the whole doorway and just shoving him back if he ever whenever he tries to get close to it i imagine at this point both damien has a gun out sithesai has his laser weapon out lydia is has the two scimitars out as this dwarf just kind of comes in with this device and is like uh another rat skitters passed as the machine begins to get louder I think it's the rat. Arnar, you see a rat on the floor next to you. Rythen as well. Anything weird about it? Seems to be slightly larger and slightly miscolored, actually. Hmm. Like a natural color? Like a. Not like it's, fluorescent pink? It seems like it is hairless and with a purple tint to it. Purple? Uh. So that window's open, right? Mm -hmm. I am going to kick it out the window. Okay, go ahead and roll the hit. 16, 5, 21. So, Rythen, remember you had a vision <laughs> of this dragonborn hitting something on the floor, and it explodes. I'm going to try it on my mic to stop him from kicking rat. Okay. Um, so, Rythen, or... Er, Arnar is able to just wheel up his foot like soccer status as he begins to launch forward towards this rat as it does make impact. Rythen, how do you interfere with Arnar specifically? As he's going to try and kick it, I'm going to try and push him off balance. So this foot makes contact with the rat. Rythen makes contact with Arnar. Rats goes flying out the window, and as it does, 
it makes it about two feet past the fire escape as it explodes. Rythan and Arnar are tangled in each other as they begin to get their footing as these rats begin to maneuver towards the center of the room looking towards looking towards scale specifically roll for initiative 